So welcome to the second episode of Coastal Reflections. So if you haven't heard the first one, this is where I basically just go past the uh, five episodes um, that I've chatted to people and I basically just uh, summarise and take away some key points that I've uh, taken from the conversation. So uh, this one I'm going to keep pretty brief um, and... Yeah, uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the email. Uh, you can keep up to date with all the episodes I'm releasing. And uh, yeah, you can do that at the website at coastalcatchups.com. So, without uh, further ado, um, yeah, I'll jump into it here. So episode 6 was with Rihanna who works for the Scottish Seaweed Industry Association. We talked about the change in perception on seaweed throughout history. So in particular, looking at how it went from being a staple of coastal communities, uh, being a major food source, then and also being used in agriculture as well for fertilizer, then also kind of taking a backward step in society and kind of coming out of the limelight and not really being used and kind of maybe the stig- st- stigma of... Uh, don't know if stigma is the right word, but you know, of looking at um, people not really taking much notice of it, then I feel like it's now coming back in the the limelight now being used as um, uh, in beauty products, uh, foods, um, you know, supplements, you know, all that sort of thing. So I feel like it's coming back into play. So Rihanna's role was from what I gathered from conversation was connecting the dots of the supply chain so from actually producing uh, high quality seaweed to getting it in the high quality products then connecting it to consumers so it it was a really interesting conversation and I think it's a fact that the supply chain is growing but it's maybe growing in different parts so production has I've read it's more than doubled between 2014 in the UK, um, um, but well, that's being, uh, you know, transferred up the supply chain um, to the consumer. I'm not sure, uh, so it's a good one to keep an eye on. Um, I thought it'd be cool to maybe get uh, coastal catch-up T-shirts made out of seaweed material. That would be a real. Uh, um, a real commitment to the seaweed cause um, so watch this space I might get that organized for the future uh, the UK has lots of ideal conditions for growing seaweed um, well in the case of Scotland it's in case of locks so you know you have uh, high dynamic water bodies and the nutrients can come in and out of, out of the area um, and lots of light as well so uh, there's plenty of areas around the UK that are ideal for growing and farming seaweed if you're interested in becoming part of the supply chain, make sure you give Rihanna a shout. 
I'm sure she'll be more than happy to uh, um, to help. Um, if you haven't already, um, if you want to find out more, you can listen to episode six of Coastal Catch-Ups. Episode seven then was with Mary from the Royal Yachting Association, also known as RYA. Um, I love that episode because it was the first one I was able to do on my Jurassic Lugger. Now we're coming into winter, it'll probably be the last one I'll be able to do outside, but sure, um, it was nice to do it anyway. Um, one of the key things I chatted to Mary about was getting more women on the water. 83% of women said they would return to the water and physical health was the main restricting factor of them doing so. So it showed, this figure came from the RYA survey that they completed of women around uh, Northern Ireland and it, it shows there's a keenness for women to get involved in the water but uh, possibly, well if they're saying physical health it's probably age is a restricting factor but um, from what we chatted with Mary is uh, there's lots of different types of uh, ways people can get on the water. It doesn't have to necessarily be all action packed, it can be there's like uh, boats that are quite low, uh, it can be sailed by anyone uh, at any age, it's not that physically demanding which is good, um, so there is opportunity but it's making those opportunities aware to these people uh, and make them, uh, give them a confidence to get involved in clubs and um, uh, all the rest. So uh, RYA's focus is obviously on sailing um, and it was clear from the conversation that sailing and from my own personal experience it is dominated by men so it was it was really good f for me to um, hear the reasons why women are not getting on the water um, and such a, that includes childcare and uh, lack of confidence like I already said there it seems to me that role models would be very useful um, you know showing women that other women can do this you know you probably know yourself there's women who'll just uh, get stuck in, not hold back, uh, they're very confident and I think those are the women you need to highlight and maybe uh, use them to inspire other women to get involved. So that's just my personal opinion um, but I think that's one of the good ways to get more women on the water. But uh, of course our way are doing their programs and uh, encouraging participation through the Women in Water program. So if you want, um, if you're interested in getting involved you should check out their website um, or you can get in touch with Mary. So episode 8 was with Cliff Henry from the Giants Causeway who works as a nature engagement officer for the National Trust. Uh, I had actually met Cliff before he had helped me with my dissertation um, when I was studying uh, geography at Queen's University um, and we were looking at slope failures on the site um, and how likely they would increase with climate change. Now we don't touch on that um, really in our uh, chat probably because um, we didn't want to scare anyone away but um, the, uh, that is the reality of the site. It's a very dynamic site so it was really interesting to, see how, to hear how a site like that is managed um, particularly due to the um, increasing tourist numbers on the site. I think over a million visitors were recorded within the year in 2018 so it just shows you how 
uh, much footfall there is on the site and causing soil erosion. Um, the site is also unique in the sense that it has a rare snail. I uh, can't even remember the name of the snail, but um, it's rare nonetheless. But there are lots of volunteering opportunities at the causeway and also activities to engage young members of the local community, uh, which in my view is vital for sustainable conservation and getting the next generation involved, uh, like I've said in other episodes. So it's really good to see those activities um, going on in the Giants Causeway. Um, organized by Cliff. So if you want to get involved with Cliff in the Giants Causeway, um, you can give him a shout. I'm sure he'd be happy to have you. Um, and yeah, a couple of other things to take away from that chat was if you're visiting, um, I mentioned about the soil erosion, st stick to the footpaths on the site. Um, the, the site is managed in a way that it keeps, uh, they try and keep uh, people on the paths and not damage any habitat outside of the path so uh, make sure you stick to the paths if you're venturing up uh, but above, above all enjoy it if you do go up it's a brilliant site um, to visit episode 9 uh, Hammy was with Hammy Baker he is a professional sailor he is now back home here in Northern Ireland working for the RYA his name is Mary Martin but uh Hammy had a, a stint as a professional sailor, so it was really interesting to hear about how he uh, got into that job and uh, the process behind it and, and then actually what it involved. So um, it started off, he was working in the south of England and got selected to become part of a uh, special team and then that went on to he raced yachts solo, so on his own, um, offshore and he had, well, that brings a whole load of challenges such as uh, the navigation in the dark, which you hear about his stories with dodging rocks and then also uh, how to stay awake and simplifying the decision-making process. Uh, so I think that could, yeah, I was thinking I could maybe use that in my own day-to-day -day life. And <laughs> if I'm hungry, eat. If I'm not, sleep. Uh, keep it really simple um, but yeah and then we talked about the challenges of being away from home and it, the job is well paid but there's a regular pay so he said about the challenges of coming home and trying to get a house and all which uh, it was quite interesting to hear because I suppose jobs like that you hear about the glamour side but it's always good to hear about the real uh, the real side of things like that um, and yeah and then also, uh, he said he had grown up on Strangford Lock, um, same place uh, where I've grown up. And he said, there's, there's at the end, it was quite nice. He said, there's no place like home. So, uh, yeah, that was a good chat with Hammy and insight to his career. Um, and, yeah, so maybe some the chat has inspired some of you to chase a life of professional sailing. Uh, if so, let me know. I'll get you on for a coastal catch-up. Um, the last episode, episode 10, was with uh, Ryan O'Leary. He is a dedicated surfer um, and general very talented water sportsman. Um, 
and his, pl- his big plans to head around the world in search of uh, the perfect wave, which is such a cliche. Um, sorry for that. Um, but that's what he's doing. So he's bought an old yacht, which he is restoring, and he is um, going to sail around the world. Um, that's a plan anyway. Um, and just sail and surf. So, uh, yeah, I, I wish I had the balls to do that um so a lot of respect to ryan he is well in the chat he gives a good insight into the surfing community and around ireland and what it means to him in terms of his friend group and um how they support each other and look out for each other uh i also enjoyed him he, he talked about the actual the professionalism of it as well in terms of risk assessments and safety i think a lot of people associate surfing with just uh, being crazy but there's a lot of thought goes behind um b- behind each uh each surf they do you know if 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 it's they kind of do a risk assessment then you know they know first aid if things go wrong which is really important uh it, ryan also mentioned about ways to get into surfing and uh about getting checking out courses ne- next year um it's a really nice way to get out in nature and um, get in the water and uh, kind of switch off from life and you know any other problems you may have so uh, yeah recommend uh, giving it a go if you haven't already so Ryan also sells fresh oysters in a van with his friends so if you need a, a, a van it sells oysters for any upcoming events you may have and make sure to give them a shout so yeah i want to wish ryan all the best with his um, work on the boat and getting his dream plan uh pulled together and um i'm excited to see um where he ends up so that's all uh that's all the episodes i think that's pretty short i can't see the timer anymore but hopefully it's uh, about 10 15 minutes um i kept it short because i'm uh severely jet lagged here and i have covid and i'm struggling to pull a sentence together if you haven't if you haven't noticed already um by listening um just I'm reading a book at the minute called Rewilding the Sea by Charles Clover. So if I'm looking forward to reading that actually. If you've read it, um love to hear what you think of it. Um, um what else is going on at the minute? I read a book by Al Many recently as well. Um I don't know why I'm talking about books now. Maybe I'm going delirious. Um it was Al is a big wave surfer based in Northern Ireland on the North Coast um, and he wrote a book about his life during the COVID uh, lockdown and how the sea and uh, sea swimming helped him uh, get through it um, and then he also went on to raise a load of money, in fact over £20,000 swimming over 100 kilometres during the coldest months of the year um, so yeah, a really, really inspiring story of um, Al's life during lockdown and how he turned um, a quite a dark period for everyone in the um, quite a special time. So, uh, yeah, um, that book is called 
Escape to the Wild Dark Sea by Al Many. Um, and then I also finished one by Sammy Reeve, uh, Journeys to Impossible Places. I don't know why this has turned into a book review. I just have these notes here written down, so I just thought I'd talk through them as well. Hope you don't mind. Um, there was a chapter in that book about when he was viewing um, there was an area in the ocean, a lot set. I think it was in the Indian Ocean, um, but it was a point that he was talking about overfishing and basically, uh, I'll just quote it here, when the net was back in the boat it only contained a few shrimps and a small amount of bycatch, unwanted sea life caught alongside the target catch. Much of a bycatch is chucked away dead, including juvenile fish that have no chance to breed, but what really shocked me was that the overall catch was so pitifully small. Here, after years of overfishing the area, the ocean was almost empty. Um, and I think it's just a highlight of the actual issues that the ocean is and our coasts are facing. It's kind of take, 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 and it's not. Um, I was listen. I was watching a video on YouTube there of a guy, Brody Brody Moss, and his ideas like using selective fishing, so targeting only particular species that are healthy. Um, now, how you do that on a large scale to feed a population, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but I suppose if you start small and, and work up, that's um, you're, you're on the track to a solution. Uh, but by targeting healthy species that can uh, breed very quickly, you're not um, you're removing all this bycatch that's being chucked away dead. Um, and you're you're not creating dead zones in the ocean. Um, I think that's a I think that's a term dead zones. Pretty sure I must have read that somewhere. Um, but yeah, uh, the likes of Simon saying there that the juvenile juvenile fish should should have a chance to breed don't, um, and then you're just wiping out a, a a generation of species. Um, so yeah, that was uh. That was Simon Reeves' book. There's a couple of other observations in his book that were quite interesting, but sure, I'll save them for another time. Um, in terms of my plans for the next couple of weeks, I am going to um, try and get a couple of interviews done. In, I, I'm in Australia at the minute. I'll try and get a couple of interviews with people um, down here. I, um, I'm not going to push it too hard. If, if I don't get one out, I've been getting episodes out weekly at the minute. If, I might go down to, I don't know, maybe twice a month. Maybe um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too hung up about it. Hope you guys appreciate that. I'm on my holiday, so uh, if I can get some quick conversations with people, um, I will. But if not, uh, sure, I'll I'll wait till I get back to the lovely people of uh, Ireland and the UK um, and get chatting with them. So that's all for me uh, on Coastal Reflections. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, and I'll catch you soon.